You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Welcome to Soft Idolatry, Season 2, Episode 14. This podcast will drop on April 13th, or uh, as us clergy call it, the day we catch our breath, because this is dropping right after Easter Sunday. It is. That it is. Uh, those of us who are fortunate enough to have a seminary student or an associate pastor of some sort will be passing the baton to them to preach the following week on uh, what we clergy folk like to call Associate Pastor Sunday. <laughs> yes, so true. I, I, I am not uh, thusly blessed, but yeah, that would normally... On the Sunday after Easter, I would either be on vacation or study leave, or at the very least, I would just have like a lessons and carols kind of service, you know, scripture and music, and I wouldn't do a thing that week. Maybe a couple of pastoral visits, uh, a meeting if I couldn't get out of it, but uh, there would be no real work going on, even if I weren't on vacation. Yeah. But and this year... This year is different. <laughs> yeah, this year is very different. Um, it, it And I can't decide if it's, like, less work different or more work different. Easter Sunday is exhausting because you've got Monday, Thursday. You've mm-hmm. got Good Friday. Um, not a lot of churches do anything on Holy Saturday anymore. But then you've got Easter Sunday is just like all the bells and whistles and more people in church than ever mm-hmm. before. Um, and so it's just like emotionally and spiritually and physically exhausting. And this year's different because we're not going to see anyone. Right. I, you know, most years, um, most of the years that I've been in ministry, which is really four and a half years, so not that long, but uh, the clergy associations that I've been with have done Lenten lunchtime services so there was that going on and uh, we were doing in in my congregation we were doing a a Wednesday evening uh, Lenten dinner and uh, scripture service you know just you know light meal soup and bread but there was all kinds of stuff going on and I normally enjoy the intensity of all this and, you know, the the having that week where in the space of 10 days you write four sermons and uh, and as exhausting as that is, it, it's great to pour out all of that energy and to be so focused on that particular task. And this year, crickets. Right. Um, we've all given up a whole lot more for Lent than we'd initially expected, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. I think I yeah. even went back on one of the things that I gave up for Lent because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want some of this comfort food before I can't go to a restaurant anymore. <laughs> I I joked because uh, Ash Wednesday fell while I was out of the country on my mm-hmm. trip. And so I, I joked with people that I've been making it a habit of giving up the United States for Lent because last year I was gone for a portion mm-hmm. of it in Africa. This year I was gone for the beginning of it. And then I came back. I was like, I really should have just stayed <laughs> somewhere <laughs> else. Uh, 
<laughs> Although everywhere is affected now at this point, just yeah, in different times. Yes, I, I, I don't think uh, a hospital somewhere in the third world is where you would want to go for treatment <laughs> should you be infected with COVID. Right, right. Um, or, or even hospitals in certain rural parts of Pennsylvania, but that's mm-hmm. a whole other, <laughs> a whole other story. Uh, yeah, we often start the podcast by talking about what's up in the world. And that feels like a really stupid question right now. Doesn't it, though? So let's just move on. Uh, What's your sermon title for Easter Sunday? My sermon title is an unusual Easter Sunday sermon title. It is Grace in the Wilderness. Grace in the Wilderness? They're in Jerusalem. Well, not in the passage I'm using. Oh, Mm. interesting. Let's get to that. Yeah. How about your title? Interesting Times. Ah, they are indeed. Every yes. week I feel like, ah, do I bring in a different angle or do I keep harping on the whole quarantine coronavirus thing? And you can't, you just can't not talk about it. No, it, it's it's so big. And my my feeling has always been, if there's an elephant in the room, give that elephant a name, talk about it, uh, remove the power that it has if it if it's the thing you can't name. Because it only has power if you can't name it. Well, that might not be true. It can still have some power, but its greatest power is when it's that thing you can't talk about. He who shall not be named. We just finished our (laughs) Harry Potter marathon. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. And they they use the idea of like saying Voldemort Mm -hmm. takes away some amount of power that he has Mm -hmm. because it's removing the element of fear. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. And that's actually why I am not preaching from the gospel narrative of the resurrection this Easter Sunday. You are reading it, though. Uh, We are reading it because that, you know, you can't not read that on Easter Sunday morning. But the text that I'm preaching from is Jeremiah 31, 1 through 6, which is one of those lectionary texts for Easter that you can see some of the themes and elements and why it was chosen. But nobody ever preaches on it because why would you? Why indeed? Except when you have a year when nothing else makes sense. And exactly. It, it, it speaks into the craziness that we all are living through. And yeah, you, you persuaded me on this one too. I was going to go with the resurrection account in the Gospel of John, but somehow this seems more interesting this year. It really does. And I know I've passed over this passage before for Easter Sunday. And I like I don't think I've even read it on Easter Sunday morning. I've usually gone with a psalm and the resurrection text. Mm. But um, this is just, I, I'm going to go ahead and read it if Do that's it. all right. This is Jeremiah 31, 1 through 6. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness when Israel sought for rest. The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. 
For there shall be a day when the sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We need that message this year. We need to lean into that. Don't we though? Need. What what made this what made this pop for you when you read it? Well, I think that phrase that I used for my sermon title Grace in the Wilderness because mm-hmm. we are in a wilderness time right now. This is a wandering mm-hmm. between lands. We are coming out of the old models of Christendom in our country. And we have been for a while, um, but this has sort of shaken us out of the tree yeah. pretty much entirely. And so now we're in this in-between where we know that God has promised to us something amazing. And we know that the, the community of believers holds weight and power and value, but we don't know what that looks like on the other end of this wilderness time. So I, I really want to just dwell in that piece right there. Yeah, I think that um, that, that you're absolutely right about that. And we've as you said, we've been in the midst of this paradigm shift for some time, but man, our members are just clinging tenaciously to older paradigms for church. And as much as we preach, get out of the church, as much as we preach, this building isn't the church, as much as we preach, we can't expect church to look like it looked like in your generation, in the 50s and 60s, as much as we preached those messages, our congregations have not all been able to hear us or been able to turn what they've heard into action on their part. And and now, now they don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the, the money statement right, right there is that even those who have absorbed the message that the church is the people, not the building, the church is uh, not necessarily the way we do our liturgies. Um, that message may have sunk in on some level, but we haven't had to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially um, especially churches that are larger, that have financial endowments, uh, th- that that can keep up the programs of the church as it used to be and uh, haven't had to feel the uh, the birth pangs of a new thing that have been felt in the smaller and medium-sized congregations. And I would like any of my... Uh, dear clergy brothers and sisters to to hear the love in my voice as I say this, but things like loudspeaker drive up church <laughs> aren't helpful. They are clinging to the old paradigms. They are refusing change in exactly the way that we harp on our congregations for mm-hmm. and knock it off. Like, Figure out what this looks like moving forward. Don't try to find the loopholes to keep doing what we've been doing for so many years. Yeah, it's a, a we have been in a change or die situation for some time, but uh, the 
the message is now inescapable. Right. And I, I think that, uh, I, I don't think that driving up into a parking lot in your car is maintaining community either. Mm. Even though we, let's face it, we all know what everybody's car looks like at church, right? You know mm. who's there at the meeting by pulling into the parking mm. lot. But that's, I don't know. I, it feels, I don't know. It just feels hinky to me. It's mm. not as bad as those who are still insisting on meeting together on oh. Sunday morning. Oh, oh, that oh. is, uh, that, that is, is insane. Immoral. Yes. <laughs> Frankly, it's unchristian. It's unchristian because it's unsafe and it's unloving. Yes. These uh these group restrictions are not are not persecution. Group no. restrictions on church gatherings are not persecution. No one is saying the church can't meet because they are Christian. They're saying you can't meet because it's dangerous. Correct. And that's uh that that is such a poor witness to the love of God in the world uh, because it it tells the people who aren't inside any of our churches exactly the wrong thing about mm -hmm. what ought to be going on inside of our churches and how we ought to be relating to one another outside of the churches. Uh, it peddles this silly notion that uh, God will somehow protect them from the plague because they're more faithful. It, it makes it makes faith and worship a transactional thing, which it's not, and it it, it just goes in the face of Christian love because it exposes everyone in that congregation to much greater risks. And also, it exposes the people that they come into contact with outside of that worship gathering to those same risks. And uh, especially if they are in states that have not yet adopted all of the social distancing and stay-at-home practices, uh, yeah, it just, the, the risks are astounding. Uh, there was that story from the state of Washington when... Uh, you know, there was a, a choir rehearsal and there were like 30 people at the choir rehearsal and 24 of them got sick. Uh, it might have been more people <clears throat> at the rehearsal, but a number of them got sick and a couple of them died. And that was before there were any stay-at-home orders in place. But <clears throat> the transmission was ruthlessly effective and... Uh, they could at least claim that no one had told them to stay at home, that they didn't know that it had spread to their community. They could claim that, but, uh, you know, claiming that in February or early March is very different than claiming that in April. Absolutely. And lest this start to sound a little bit off topic, <clears throat> uh, this is where that, that, sitting in the wilderness part is really important. I, I think that often we want to skip over the wilderness bit. Mm -hmm. We want to either go to the good old days mm -hmm. or um, straight into um, the, the empty tomb, the rebuilding and that. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're skipping that there is grace in mm -hmm. the wilderness. Mm -hmm. What, you know, one of the biggest narratives in scripture is the Israelites wandering through the wilderness because there is so much that they learned there. Mm -hmm. There is so much of God's grace there. Mm -hmm. And if we skip the wilderness, uh, we're, we're missing 
the import of the the empty tomb. Right. Uh, it's it's the same reason that we go through periods of introspection in Advent and Lent. Uh, it's the reason that we have services during Holy Week, and uh, you know we we need to be reminded of the things that aren't Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday. Right. Even though it is technically Easter Sunday, it's okay to say that this Easter Sunday is a wilderness Easter. Right. We we have not yet seen the the full rebirth. Um, we are perhaps seeing the light. We are experiencing what the resurrection means as we reach out to members of our congregation and our community and share God's love with them. But we ain't there yet. Mm -mm. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm doing a bit this week. You, a bit, really? I'm doing a bit this week. Usually that's your your page. But yes. uh, I, but it's to embrace this idea of, of wilderness. Mm -hmm. uh, I've kind of owned the fact that I'm preaching to an empty sanctuary when mm -hmm. I'm recording my sermons. Mm -hmm. And this week I'm going to, um, you know, kind of start in one. And that doesn't feel right and start another and oh that's just not right either and then try to record from my house and anyone who's ever been to my house knows that that's a ridiculous idea <laughs> um yes indeed we we schedule podcast recordings based on like is my family going to be sleeping because if they're not the editing is a nightmare um <laughs> And and then I'm gonna so there's just mayhem obviously so I'm gonna actually record I think in the in the woods near my house um, take a page out of Saint Francis of Assisi's book and preach to the birds in the trees mm. because the sanctuary is empty right now and just kind of own that this is a very different mm -hmm. sort of Easter. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that idea. I um, I'm I'm also gonna lean into that and. Uh, the idea of rebirth and uh, as as the title indicates um, there, there's that ancient Chinese curse may you live in interesting times and <laughs> you know I, I need to talk to someone who is Chinese to find out if that's actually an ancient Chinese curse or if that's just something a writer made up for a movie sometime Someone someone read it in a fortune cookie one time. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So uh, I do want to confirm that. But um, yeah, you know, the, the idea that, um, what, what was it? Was it Eugene Peterson who said that you have like four sermons in you? Yeah, I've heard it from several people, but I think that might be the original source. Yeah, and then I think one time he was he was saying that to to one of his kids or a couple of his kids, and they said, "No, Dad, you only have one sermon." <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But but one of my one of my four sermons is, um, get out of the church, go outside and be the church, and get outside of your comfort zone, and you will grow and. Guess what? We are all way outside of our comfort zones now. <laughs> so, so far out of our comfort zones. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Um, may you live in interesting times. I really mm -hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a curse. <laughs> yeah, it it is. 
Uh, uh, although I'm an Enneagram seven, and so I'm kind of drawn toward the. Is it entirely a curse, though? <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, even if I don't uh, believe in that that astrology that you believe in. But I'm such a three. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I saw somewhere that uh, you know maybe it was a T-shirt or maybe it was a meme that that said that uh, Myers Briggs is astrology for people with master's degrees. I've I've heard that as well. I've heard that as well. <laughs> but um, but 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 it's all of a piece. Um, but but I'm with you. I I, I also uh, prefer the interesting because I find the uh, the predictable to also be confining. And uh, we when things are predictable, we are distracted in predictable ways, and we don't change. And Boy, now we have a much better understanding of the change that needs to happen. I think that that might be a great summary of the time in the wilderness, too, mm-hmm. that we read about in the Old Testament. Like, they they had to have that in order to, to change and to grow in relationship with God. And I, I don't... Don't hear me that I'm saying God brought this upon the church as a punishment. No, 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 no. But rather that it is in these sorts of times that when we cling to God and look for that grace in the wilderness and look for the work of God in those times and look for the ways that we can continue to be faithful Christian community, that's when we grow the most. Right. That That's, that's when our... Our faith and our action are revealed. Yes. And in that revelation, we can see more of what a future might look like. Um, Much as the prophets imagine a future that is different from the present, uh, a future that is more faithful and more aligned to God's call for humanity to... Uh, love one another as I have loved you, to paraphrase Jesus. Yeah, and I think that might be part of why I'm finding so much comfort in preaching from the prophets primarily mm-hmm. currently, because they are they're they're speaking to people during times of pain and upheaval about this is what God calls you to do in these times and what you have to look forward to on the other side. Yeah, that that's that's exactly right. I I am also finding that same resonance with these readings from the prophets that we've had in the last couple weeks in the lectionary. Uh they've really been revealing of God's word to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. How about you? Uh yeah, I I think I think that's it. I think we've got our our uh our marching orders. Uh I think yeah. we uh I pray that our words on Sunday will be as good as they are in our heads on Thursday as we record this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh sh- shall I offer a word of prayer for our listeners? Please do. A prayer for peace. God of grace and mercy, in this time of social distancing and heightened anxiety, we come to you in search of peace. We ask for the peace that comes from relationship, from truly knowing you. 
we seek the real comfort of knowing that we are not alone, but truly loved. We ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit. Bless us as we strive to be a blessing to others. May we feel your love as we share your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the God of peace who raised to life the great shepherd of the sheep make us ready to do his will in every good thing through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Alleluia. Amen. Amen. Everyone, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Soft Idolatry. You can always email us your questions or comments at info at softidolatry.com. And you can connect to us on social media and get show notes and other updates by going to our website, which is www.softidolatry.com. Hey, Alan. Oh, no, I thought we would get a break for the resurrection. I so I've been trying to keep busy during the quarantine and I, I've been doing some reading and mm-hmm. I just started this new book on anti gravity. And I tell you what, it is impossible to put down. So sounds sounds like a very predictable book to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have I would have thought you'd have a more inspired pun for Easter. Uh, well, I, uh, the bunny hip hop music one I used last week. Uh, y- you know, I'd, I'd already put that one out of my mind. Well, now it's back. You're welcome. <laughs> Th- thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> See you next thanks week. for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.